Listen, leaders, if you've ever asked, is it me or my employee, you must listen to this week's podcast. Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. I'm the CEO of Interfaith Family Services, a nonprofit that provides housing, health, and hope for families facing homelessness. I'm also the principal of Kim Williams Consulting, a change management firm that empowers nonprofits to change for the better. And I'm the author of Diary of an Insecure CEO, How I Went from Feeling Rejected to Raising Millions. I've led through a variety of organizational issues while raising over $50 million to fight poverty and learning a lot in the process. I created this podcast to share those lessons and help you to successfully navigate life and leadership. So let's get started. Attitude reflects leadership. It's a quote from Remember the Titans, and when I heard it as a young woman, long before I took my first leadership role, it stuck with me. From that time to this time, it still comes back to me when I'm dealing with a difficult employee. In the back of my mind, I wonder what am I doing to bring their bad attitude out, or I wonder if their poor performance is a reflection of my poor leadership in some area. There are times when my decisions, actions, or word choice may have contributed negatively to the situation, and there are other times that nothing that I could do or say could change how the employee thought, acted, or behaved. Even after over 20 years of leadership, I continue to ask myself this question after a challenging situation with an employee. Now, contrary to popular belief, most leaders aren't sitting in their offices dreaming of ways to make your life more difficult. We don't prefer to do things the long way. We don't enjoy spending the time writing policies, creating guidelines, or giving instructions, and we certainly get no thrill out of disciplinary conversations. We just want to get things done quickly, efficiently, and effectively in a manner that aligns with our mission and mitigates risk. As nonprofit leaders, we do what we do because we want to make a difference. We advocate for our clients in spaces that aren't always welcoming to us. We ask for support to serve our clients and pay for employees. We look for partnerships, processes, and platforms that will make all of this easier for everyone. But we're also human. We get tired, we get frustrated, and we get discouraged. We can't always ensure that our emotions won't influence our perspective, choices, or words. Or at least I can't. It's just a fact of life. However, there's a difference between being ruled by your emotions and being occasionally affected by them. There's a difference between being justifiably frustrated by poor performance and just being a jerk. But most poor performing employees will assume the latter, regardless of how inconsistent the behavior is when compared to how engaged you've been with them in the past or when you're not under so much personal or professional stress. So how do you know which is which? Whether you're being justifiably frustrated or just being a jerk? How do you maintain composure in either instance? Well, let's talk about it. (music) 
So when it comes to gauging whether it's you or the employee in a situation, it's important to make sure that you're assessing the employee and the situation successfully. So how do you do that? Well, I found that employees are two-sided coins. One side is personality and the other side is performance. As a result, we often deal with one of four employee scenarios, and these scenarios inform how we interact in challenging situations. So first, let's talk about the different four employee scenarios or four employee types. So I'll start with type one, which is the ideal employee. So if we think of employees as a two-sided coin, the ideal employee has both a good personality and good performance. Then there's the likable employee. These are employees with a good personality and poor performance. Then there's the tolerated employee. These are employees with a poor personality and good performance. And then there's the unwanted employee. These are employees with a poor personality and a poor performance. So when we think about whether or not our response is appropriate, we have to gauge these four scenarios of personality types or employee types. And you have to know which employee you're working with at the time. So let's look through each type leaving the ideal employee for last. So let's talk about the likable employee. Again, this is the employee with a good personality and poor performance. When it comes to the likable employee, it's off, it often takes longer for us to identify the performance issues because on the surface, they appear to be trying. They are pleasant, often helpful to others, funny and talkative, at first, they appear to add to the atmosphere in a positive way. But after a while, you realize that their work product is often incorrect or incomplete. When you first point it out, they seem really receptive. But the key is that there's no real improvement. So you point it out again, and maybe you provide some tools or techniques or training. They seem apologetic and receptive, but again, there's no real improvement. The tension between your telling them and their failure to follow through, either because they can't or they won't, challenges the dynamic of the relationship and frustrates you. That tension ultimately results in either their resignation or their termination. Now, in this situation, frustration on both parts is reasonable because the employee will likely begin to think that things were fine and then the boss changed. And the boss is likely to think that the employee changed. And guess what? Both of them are wrong. In this instant, instance, there isn't much you can do about the outcome. So basically, this is one of the most difficult employee issues to recognize up front because, again, the person is likable. Often, you know, their resume looked as if they could do the job or they had a great interview. But you just won't know what you have until they've actually done the job. That's really how it goes with the first employee. So yes, frustration is reasonable. Often the situation may be unavoidable, especially if their resume and their references were good. It's just something that time reveals. And when it reveals it, you have to take the steps to you know, address it and move forward. So let's go to the next personality type or the next employee type. I keep saying personality, but I mean employee. 
And that's the tolerated employee. So again, the tolerated employee is a person with poor personality, maybe an awkward personality, maybe just not a friendly personality, but their performance is good. They get the job done. So most of the time, things are manageable with the tolerated employee if those around them have found a way to deal with their attitude, nuances, and special sensitivities. Often their poor personality has to do with their personal perspective on life, their personal issues, or anything outside really of the office that's, that makes working with them like navigating a minefield. They tend to take odd things personally, and their negative perception ultimately becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what do I mean by that? They say that people don't want to give them new opportunities, and it becomes true, not because of their work, but how they work with others. They say that the boss doesn't interact with them the same way they interact with other employees. Again, that becomes true, but it's because the interactions are often difficult or disingenuous. The boss has heard some things that maybe they said in private through the grapevine and therefore doesn't feel fully comfortable around them. Yet the company keeps them in their position because they don't have any performance issues, but their personality keeps them from being promoted. So that's the tolerated employee. So is this the leader's fault? Well, yes and no. It's not their fault that the employee has a poor personality. But it is our fault if we don't have the crucial conversation about that personality and how that personality is holding them back, particularly if the employee has an interest in being promoted or if their attitude is driving other good employees away or affecting customer service. Now, there's a strong chance that their ire will turn toward you when you have that crucial conversation. But there's also a possibility that they'll go home, think about it, and make an effort to change. Either way, it's important for the leader to remember that the choice is theirs and their response is not your responsibility. So that's the deal with a tolerated employee. Now let's talk about the unwanted employee. This is the employee with a poor personality and poor performance. The unwanted employee is the easiest of all of them to deal with. Their colleagues usually don't like them and are unable to count on them. Most of their colleagues will see their very existence as unfair because they're clearly not pulling their weight, but they continue to get pay and perks. When it comes to this employee, all you have to do is document and have the appropriate disciplinary conversations. Eventually, their performance or lack thereof will take care of the rest. But the only pitfall when you're trying to deal with this employee is if you make this employee a project or if you make their success a personal reflection of your leadership. Doing either of those things will do more harm than good. Just let their work speak for itself and their actions lead to the appropriate consequences. In fact, the leadership lesson that I have had with this type of employee is that you want to be less verbal and highly professional at all times. You want to go by the book with this employee because they will exploit any missteps and they will mischaracterize your best intentions to motivate them or help them. Another key lesson with dealing with this type of employee is to make sure that you are paying attention to red flags in the hiring process. 
This employee often slips through in referrals from friends or family or from positive first impressions. But their resume and references will tell the story if we check them right. It's important that we make sure that we're checking their references and paying attention to warning signs when hiring. These warning signs can include frequent job hopping, the lack of supervisor references on their reference list, and other things. They can also lack the actual skills that you need to do the job and lack the demonstrated success of having done something similar in the past. We may ignore it or make excuses, but usually there's a reason why a full-grown adult struggles to keep a job, especially after the age of about 30 years old. So finally, let's talk about the ideal employee. So the ideal employee is the good employee that has both a good personality and good performance. You might think there are no leadership missteps when dealing with this employee, right? Wrong. There are several missteps that we can make with the ideal employee. First, we can take him for granted. I've seen this happen in all industries, but nonprofits and ministries have mastered taking good people for granted. We don't thank them enough. We don't recognize them enough. We don't reward them enough. I know this because I've both been the good employee earlier in my career, and I've also neglected them earlier in my career as a leader. When we've been them, we often make the mistake of giving the entire organization perks and benefits that should be reserved for real contributors. We're so emotionally impacted by create, we're so emotionally driven to create a good environment that the type of environment that we wanted as an employee, that we forget that some of them aren't the employee that we were. So let me say that again. So when we become leaders after being the kind of maybe employee that was taken for granted, we try to create this environment that's like the environment that we wanted. But we forget that not everybody in this environment is the employee that we were. Now, that doesn't mean that we should work hard to create that we that doesn't mean that we shouldn't work hard to create an environment that's positive and enjoyable for everybody but it does mean that we should make an extra effort to do a little extra for those who give extra without being asked and with consistency so that's one mistake that we can do is we can take them for granted we can also put too much on them we often lean too hard on those who tend to be the strongest But we need to make sure that we're being fair about the distribution of duties and the dissemination of rewards. If they're constantly doing more, they deserve to be paid more. They deserve to have more perks like flexibility to to avoid burnout. So be careful not to put too much on this ideal employee. The third mistake that we can make is we can fail to give them room to fail. Listen, even the best employees make mistakes, and occasionally we make big ones. When this happens, we must do for them what we would want someone to do for us in the same situation. The question is not if we would have made that same mistake or if we've ever made that same mistake, because our pride and our ego will convince us that we wouldn't have done that. But the question that we must ask is, what if I would have made that very same mistake? If I did, how would I want to be treated? Once we honestly answer that question, then and only then should we proceed. So why do I say that? Well, in my over 25 years of leadership experience, 
There's only one employee that I've had that I wish I would have fought harder to keep. She was an ideal employee who I found out later was going through a personal issue that was beginning to affect her work. Now, she did make two major mistakes that could have resulted in significant funding loss, but they didn't. And rather than me thinking, wow, you know, her de- her performance is declining, I should have asked her if there was something going on that caused her perf- her to perform differently than she had in the past. I should have given her the same benefit of the doubt that I would have wanted when I did something uncharacteristic to how I normally perform or act. But I didn't. And after she left to take another job, I regretted that I didn't do it that way and that I didn't work harder to keep her. And you know what? I still do to this day. So as I wrap up, back to the original question, is it me or my employee? The answer is now and always, it's both. But if the employee is of the likable, tolerated, or unwanted variety, The cause of the challenge may be them, but how the challenge is managed is on us as leaders. If the employee is one of the ideal ones, the issue is usually ours based on our ability to understand their humanity and give them the benefit of the doubt and help them to recover responsibly. I know, I know that was a bit of a trick question, is it me or the employee? But like I said, it's both. And it's important for us to know that and manage our response appropriately. So now let me end with this word of encouragement. Listen, leader, I just want you to know that I see you. I see how hard you work. I see the weight of the responsibility for the success of the clients, the stability of the organization, the dedication of donors, and the engagement of employees. And I see how heavy it is when it lies on your shoulders. I know that the intensity of that weight feels amplified if you're a woman, and even more so if you're a woman of color. I know that all too often you feel as if you're getting it from all sides, and I also know that this can be very discouraging. But let me encourage you with this. Not only do I see you, but God sees you. He sees your heart. He knows how hard you're working. He understands that you're weary. But guess what? He also knows what he put in you. He's aware of the abundance of talent, tenacity, and the exquisite taste that you bring to every situation and environment that he blesses with your presence. And he knows that when activated, that power can break barriers and transform lives. And guess what? He also knows that the pressure criticism, and constant influx of new challenges is causing you to doubt yourself or wonder if your big dreams will ever become a reality. And you may even be asking or saying, if they do, is it even worth it? Well, let me remind you of three very important things. Number one, friend, you can't let them win. (laughs) You've put in too much work. You've come too far to let them win out of weariness. Rest. Rest as much as you need, my friend, but don't resign just yet. Next, let me remind you that you were made for this. You were made for this. 
Remember that young, fearless, faith-filled, naive, unrefined version of you? Yes, she was a bit of a mess, but she also got you here. Now embrace the maturity that replaces that youth. Mix it with the wisdom that replaces that naivete. Stir in your new elevated style and keep that fearlessness, sis. You were powerful then, but you are unstoppable now. Finally, and most importantly, don't forget that you are not alone. God is with you, protecting you, empowering you, and making a way for you. Trust him like a child trusts their parents. He's a good, good father, and he'll never send you into a battle that he hasn't prepared you to win. Friend, I speak from experience. You can have the soft life personally and still be a success professionally. The key is not taking that professional opposition personally. It's just par for the course. Now let's pray. Father, I thank you for my fellow leaders. I thank you for calling them into this work. I thank you for preparing them for this work since the moment they took their first breath, since their childhood and high school and college and their first job. You've placed diamonds in them to be harvested and used for such a time as this. And I know they may feel discouraged and I know they may doubt themselves and I know that that leadership is hard, but I also know that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. I know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I know, Father God, that the victory belongs to us, that we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. So today, I pray that you would infuse them with a refreshing Infuse them with a recharged heart. Refuse them with strength, God, to move forward. Let them get the rest they need. Let them get the support they need, not just temporarily, but ongoing. Surround them with people who want to see them be successful. Give them the courage to move forward and not faint. I pray for them now, and I thank you for hearing this prayer as I pray for myself as well. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Today's tips can be found on my website, kimwconsulting.com. Just click the resource tab in the menu. You can also find information about my consulting services and upcoming events and subscribe to my monthly life and leadership newsletter. If you found this podcast helpful, please share, rate, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember, change is inevitable, but changing for the better isn't. Change wisely. Thank you.